let's again rise from our seats for our scripture reading. Our scripture reading today comes from Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. Please give your careful attention. This is the reading of God's word. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boats worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. Hello, KSPC. Can you ask the person next to you, how are you really doing? That question will start a one-hour conversation. Uh, but let's confess that to the Lord right now as we approach him through the word. Heavenly Father, you know how we're really doing. Uh, there are countless stories of suffering, uh, not just global and not just national, but also local, where people are losing their health, uh, their jobs, in great financial need, suffering because of emotional issues and mental issues, of wayward children parents that will not relent, uh, the loss of a parent. There is no end to the ways that we can categorize human suffering upon this earth right now, Father. But Father, we ask that the word would be sufficient for today, that it would give us resurrection hope and power, that we would know that your plan for the world is not finished, uh, but it has begun. And so as we understand this through the depth and the truth and the clarity of your word today, Please help us calibrate and keep our eyes focused on you, Father. Uh, the world will throw last-minute curveballs, curve even right now, in the form of a text to keep our eyes anywhere but upon Christ. So protect us with the blood of Jesus Christ. Cover this room under the shadow of your wings that your people can focus on you and hear what you have to say and be truly blessed beyond all the benefits that the world can throw at them. For you are our good and perfect Father. So as we rest in your presence, sharpen our ears and our eyes to the Holy Spirit to hear and understand your word and celebrate what it does in our lives. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Verse 25 says, And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. Uh, let's take some time understanding what is the fourth watch. The fourth watch is the latest time of the night from 3 to 6 a.m. The Hebrew watch traditionally was divided into three watches. The first, middle, and morning watch. 
but when the Roman influence was established on, on uh, the nations, the number of watches increased from three to four and placed in numerical order, first, second, third, and fourth, uh, being 6 to 9 p.m., 9 to 12, 12 to 3, and 3 to 6 a.m. And that the fourth watch is when Jesus approached his disciples. Interestingly, if you look at uh, some of the research, uh, according to a medical research, hospitals report that most of the people that die uh, under their care was around 3 to 4 a.m. Hospices report that they see most of their clients die uh, between 5 to 6 a.m. It is a time when many things end. It's also a time of great mental and emotional suffering if you are awake at that time. Uh, I don't do this right now um, but anymore, but I remember when I was a student, I used to study around uh, until 5 a.m. for exams. And every time I did that, I felt like a small part of me died. It's just so tiring, so tiring. Um, and you know, if you awake around 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. or 5 a.m., unless you're trained and you're going to early morning service, uh, it's usually because of great distress and difficulty. It is not a fun time to be awake at that time. The fourth watch can be a season of life, of great pain and trial, and sadly, a season that all of us are too familiar with because all of us know what we're talking about right now. The suffering of the fourth watch. Today, even the disciples are having their own fourth watch moment where Jesus comes maybe too late. <laughs> Why until then? So what should we know about the fourth watch and how Jesus approached at this time so that our faith can be strengthened and we could love Jesus more? It is a time where three things end, we'll discover in today's passage. Three things end and one thing begins. And by understanding this, may our fourth watch moments uh, be bearable and not just bearable, but a blessing to us. Amen? Number one, the first thing to understand about the fourth watch, repeat after me. The fourth watch is designed to end my false ideas of Jesus. This is crucial. Uh, there is a great sense of danger in today's passage in verses 22 to 24. Uh, immediately, Jesus sends them over, and what happens, the boat is a long way from land, right? Look, think of the setting. If you've ever been stranded on sea, this will be a lot more real for you. Uh, you're a long way from land. It's beaten by waves, and the wind is hostile. The night is deep. You can't see anything, so visibility is limited, all you have is a rocking boat and your terror and your imagination. Why is it during this time that Jesus comes? He deliberately waits. He designed it. Remember, I use the word designed. The fourth watch is designed by Jesus for a specific purpose, one which is to end your false ideas about who he is. Right? Look at the, look at the intentionality. It says, immediately Jesus sent the disciples. Because there was a lesson to be learned. Oftentimes we shy away and we hate suffering. Why? And we're offended by it sometimes even. Why? Because we feel and we think and we know that it's because of a cosmic mistake. Like, we don't know who designed my suffering. That's why. We attribute it to the universe or karma 
Like, I did something back, the universe is getting back at me. Or my stupidity is a reason for my suffering. The fault of someone around me that I can't control, the spouse or the husband or, you know, the, the parents, the children. We don't know where suffering comes from, and that's why it's so difficult, because we feel that it's not designed. If suffering comes about by randomly, by mistake, or if it is designed by someone who doesn't love you, you have a great cause to be afraid. But beloved KCPC, the basics of suffering, suffering 101 in the Bible, is this. It comes from the hand of a loving father for a unique and strategic purpose. Can you agree with this? It comes from your father because the the elements of our, 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 our theology is what? God is all-knowing, all-powerful, and yet all-good. If that is the case, anything that touches his children is planned by a loving father for some strategic reason that we have to find out. What purpose does our father have, especially in designing the fourth watch? To end a lot of our misconception of Jesus. So that we, wouldn't, that we would clearly understand who Jesus really is. This incident did nothing for Jesus. It didn't change him. It, like, he wasn't walking in broad daylight in front of you know, uh, Caesar. It was with his fishermen, his, his disciples. But it changed them forever, especially their perspective of Jesus. Before, he was a great preacher. He multiplied bread. He's a helper. He was thought of as a teacher or a political leader as well. He was even rumored to be the Messiah. But finally, in this event, in the fourth watch, Jesus' identity is clarified as one who holds me above the water. It's specific and strategic. And all of our ideas about Jesus go out the window when we come across this moment of great need. So many of our ideas about Jesus are false, and God in his mercy clarify who he is to us. The fourth watch, in other words, was not designed to destroy you. It was designed to change your perspective of who Jesus is, and that is not a light thing. To know the Lord clearly has been the goal, the chief goal, of so many people of the past of faith, of scholars, of academics, of philosophers. They wanted to know the ultimate reality of God. And here it is, giving, God giving it to us through a personal encounter in the fourth watch. Many of us lack the experiential aspect of faith because the lack of kinetic, kinetic learning in our lives, right? We study the Word, we sit down, and we read it in a very sterile environment, uh, in a coffee shop with music and everything designed for a pleasure to soak up the Word. And we just study him. We don't know him until my faith is crystallized in a fourth watch moment. Where you taste the saltiness of the sea. You, fe you feel the fear of the waves coming at you. And you understand this is not theory. Jesus is real and so are the threats of the world. And the relationship between me and Jesus is the most important thing suddenly because it snaps into focus. The fourth watch is where all vague concepts are clarified. 
by smelling and tasting and feeling what used to be vague truth. Our core beliefs are reinvigorated during this moment, and faith is crystallized into something that is undeniably real and tangible. In other words, this is a long way of saying Jesus finally becomes real for you. And that is the greatest blessing we can ever have. So when you come across the fourth watch, when you come across concentrated suffering, don't worry. Jesus immediately sent his disciples across the lake. Jesus has an intentionality. He is setting up the stage for a real and personal encounter with him. Why? So that every idolatrous misconception about Jesus is rectified. It would be ended. This Jesus will no longer be after the fourth watch of your life. He will no longer be just a helper. He will no longer be just a friend or moral support or someone who gets you what you want. He will not fulfill your American dream. Instead, after the fourth watch, you will cherish him as your personal king and savior, the one who held you above the water. You must know this. You must understand this. You study it all the days of your life until you taste the salt water. And then Jesus is real. May that be your experience. I say this with a fearful heart. I do not wish for any of you to go through trial. But it seems to be a fact of life that God permits every single day. May you get the best out of it to know Jesus more. Amen. Second, the fourth watch. Repeat after me. The fourth watch is designed to end our self-reliance. In verses 25 through 27, Jesus appears on the scene to his troubled disciples. It seems like, who can agree with me? God's timing is terrible, isn't it? Always a bit too late. Never when I want. A bit too early. It's just terrible. Why the fourth watch? Why does misery persist? Like, there are a lot of you faithful Christians that are so loving that you make me ashamed. I see pain and suffering in your life, and I'm so curious. I ask the Lord, what lesson does this person have to learn anymore? Like, he and she have been through so much. They seem to know everything about you, and they love you so much. Why misery and suffering? The fourth watch was designed to weaken you, to end your self-reliance. In fact, the fourth watch so effectively weakens your self-reliance that when Jesus comes walking on the water, uh, they thought it was a ghost and they were terrified. It's when the supernatural truly becomes supernatural because the natural has come to an end. There, there's a wit's end that you come to. Your qualifications, your resume, your ability, your connections, your money has no purpose in this time. And that was designed that only a supernatural way would be the way out. On a pastoral note, I noticed people hardly engage in in their daily sins, in their weaknesses, during the fourth watch. 
The pain and the despair is so great that fleshly thoughts even go out the window and they start withering away with our self-reliance. Because, think about this, what's the correlation between self-reliance and sin? Pride, the root of self-reliance, makes you think you can do anything and everything without God and there comes everything bad, including mission trips done on my own strength. Love given to a neighbor out of my own strength and moral virtue signaling. So many things come from pride that when God kills pride, he kills self-reliance, and then the symptoms of sin go away. Because how many of us engage in addictive sin when we are in the fourth watch? Does that even come to mind when survival is the biggest issue? It doesn't. This is exactly the self-reliance, the self-reliance ending experience that many of our forefathers of faith experienced in the Old Testament. Think about this. Jacob wrestled with God during the fourth watch, right? In Genesis 32, 22 to 31. Remember, Jacob came out of this weakened. He came out of this with Israel as his name, but a limp that lasted forever. He limped out of that walk, preparing for a fight with his brother. It's the worst time to be weak. Moses led the Israelites across the Red Sea. He was weakened out of his natural resources because they were trying to stone him before crossing the Red Sea. The Israelites were trying to kill him. The fourth watch always involves weakness. Gideon started out with 32,000 warriors. But God reduced it to 300 men to emphasize human weakness. And then during the fourth watch, God used these 300 people to defeat 135,000 Midianite people. There is something going on here. The fourth watch, where we are the weakest, seems to be when God is the most active. The, the most... Amazing biblical stories come at a point when people cannot be depended upon, and my strength is gone. During the fourth watch, the angels appear to the shepherds in the field to announce, after 400 years of silence from the Lord, that a Savior is born. There is, think about this, there is an invisible seesaw between my strength and his. I must go down for him to go up. And when you are confident of your own ability, don't you notice that God seems to be silent? There is a seesaw effect going on here. And the fourth watch is what? Is when you are at your lowest at the seesaw that you finally see God ascend in your life and do things that were impossible for you. I heard from somewhere by a person who never says he's a CIA agent, and you just know he is. Um, and he said, covert ops, covert operations, are usually taking place at 4 a.m. in the morning because that's when the, that's when the people are least alert and the weakest, and that's when the trained are the strongest. I, I couldn't find any resource because it was covert ops on Google. So... I asked ChatGPT, and it replied, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, so, good uh, security, I guess. 
That's when the trained and the ready and the vigilant operate. And this is also the time that God operates. He says, immediately, once again, immediately, take heart, it's me, don't be afraid. Immediately. Because God is operating. And so in the fourth watch, just as Jesus said, take heart, it is the Lord, do not be afraid. Amen? Take heart, it is me, Jesus, do not be afraid. Because at your weakest, especially when you're knocked out and sleeping, that's when God operates. Not when you cling on and not when you say, you got to do this and you're commanding God. You're trying to show good favor to him. You're trying to act up and be all moral and good. That's not when God operates. God operates so that you know there is no correlation between your effort and success. That God does it when you cannot. You're literally paralyzed in your sleep. That's when God operates. And those who understand this, they often wake up early to watch the Lord work. That's the spirit behind early morning prayer. To see what God is doing when usually I am not awake. Oddly enough, things that seemed impossible during the night dissolve when the Lord approaches you in his strength during the fourth watch. They dissolve. They're not conquered. They're not won over by grit and sheer willpower. They dissolve when the Lord comes. I'm saying this out of personal experience. Have you experienced your issues dissolve because you slept but God worked? I want that to be your story because that is the benefit of being a child of God. A child of God. The past year was the first time I set up my Christmas ornaments. Uh, first time we bought a Christmas tree. Uh, guess when we set it up? When the kids were sleeping. It's the best time to operate because it's only you that could have done that. May the fourth watch end your self-reliance and begin your trust in the Lord. Amen? It was designed for that specific reason. Do not think it's for anything else. God is not judging you. God is not angry at you. He's not paying you back for what you've done. He is working when you cannot. And your job is to see that, behold, and worship. Third, repeat after me, the fourth watch is designed to end all other options. Nobody knows why Peter wanted to walk on water. It's still a mystery today. Why? <laughs> it's like, well, it's less like a baby taking its first steps. But this is a scene where it's more like a baby eagle being pushed out of the nest and forced to fly. Because what? Fly or die. This encounter is not, this encounter is not, glamorous. Peter saw the wind. He was afraid. He began to sink. But take heart in knowing that the fourth watch is designed to end all other options. In this case, Peter's options ended when they were too far to get back to shore. The winds were blowing. The waves were hitting the boat. 
and they saw Jesus walking on the water, he became the only option. And it was instinctive that he reached out to him and went out to him. But that's when the only option is exactly that you have to walk and sink and cry out, Lord, save me. That's the only option he has left now. Meeting the Lord during the fourth watch is a messy process of getting rid of of your options. It's painful. The fourth watch is filled with tears because you've given up something. Spit, bloody noses, failed dreams. The fourth watch takes place in the trenches, in the bathroom floors, in the hospitals and funeral homes. It is not glamorous. And this is where Satan roars like the waves to keep your eyes fixed on anything but Jesus Christ. And so when Peter saw the waves, he was distracted because he found something else to watch and see and observe apart from the Lord. And it filled his heart. That's why Jesus says, you know, the servants who are ready that they will keep watch, they'll keep their oil burning. And when the, when, the, when the Lord and Master returns at the second watch and the third watch, and they're awake, blessed are they. Jesus is saying, keep watch. In other words, keep your eyes focused on him. He is what you're looking for as your final option. Brothers and sisters, um, let me promise you this. Or it's not even a promise. This is a descriptive experience of my pastoral ministry. I have never seen someone meet the Lord in the midst of health and wealth and prosperity. I've never seen that. A lot of young adults pray for a job, and they pray earnestly, and they promise everything to the Lord. Once I get this, I'll do this and this and this and this. And when they get the job, the joy lasts for a week, and the stress starts. And the issues start, the relational conflict starts, and they lose their joy because that's the shallowness of success and joy in our lives. It doesn't implant the word of God in your heart. But how many of you have grown through suffering? Haven't you grown through suffering? Because Christ is your only option then. Jesus doesn't come to us when life, when, when he is our last option. Jesus approaches us when he becomes our only option. And you must know this. A lot of you are asking, and we've had a lot of intense conversations about this. Why isn't the Lord responding? Why is he cutting off option after option after option? Because he wants to be your only option. And then, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Become his child first, then you'll get the benefits of being a child. But a lot of you try to work for it. May the fourth watch end all other options. And if you say amen to this too readily, I'm afraid this is a tough prayer. End all my options. There was a Jesuit preach that, that, and I was in middle school, I felt like, abused when he prayed this over me. He was like, may all other ropes and strings that this brother is holding on to snap until Jesus becomes a rock that he falls upon and he is safe and secure there. I was like, how dare you? (laughs) But how true, how true. 
May all other dreams fail apart from Jesus for you. And then, and then God will work. Fourth and finally, repeat after me, the fourth watch is designed to fulfill God's end for you. It ends everything else so that God's end for you, salvation, will be fulfilled. Jesus, once again, immediately reached out. The word immediately is used three times. See how intentional our Lord is. He does not watch when you're suffering and laugh about it. He loves you. He's compassionate about you. And as soon as you understand that Jesus is your only hope, he immediately reaches out. He didn't wait watching from the surface. If he was like mean like me, I'd see Peter underwater. It's like, <laughs> hold your breath for a while. You need to learn this. This is a teaching moment. Immediately he reaches out, pulls him up. Our Lord is compassionate. When you discover he reaches out. He's too compassionate to see his children suffer an inch beyond what he has intended and designed. The fourth watch is when the grip of the Lord is the swiftest and the surest, and you actually feel his hand holding. I love this moment so much that I found a picture of it from the sight and sound poster of the Jesus musical. Let's look at it. Uh, It's a beautiful picture. Quick question. Uh, let's have some fun here. When you were children, or if you have children, and you're taking your children to worship service on Sunday, do they hold your hand like this? Like that? Let's keep that up for a while. Do they hold your hand like that? No, because their hands are released. They don't want to go in here. They, they're dragged in here, and you're holding on their wrists to drag you in. Most of your life, that's how Jesus holds your hand. You're being dragged and he's holding your wrist, you can't let go. If the strength of your relationship depend upon how strong your grasp was, you'd lose him because you always let go. But he doesn't. But in this picture, why is Peter's hand also grasped? Because it's the fourth watch. Because he's underwater. I promise you this. Suffering heightens your love for the Lord. There's no other way. Without the fourth watch, Jesus is an accessory. Jesus is a commodity. Jesus is someone that drags you by your heels and you go to places you don't want to go until you encounter him at the fourth watch. Then finally, your hands also voluntarily hold on to his. But the grace is, he's been holding on no matter what. Do you know that? The patience of the Lord in holding onto your wrist until you finally respond like this as well. That's the beauty and the design of the fourth watch. And when he pulls you from the water, he just has one question. One question. Why did you doubt me? Why did you doubt? Because he's always ready. He's always strong. He's always willing his strength needed to be, your strength needed to be stripped away in the late of the night for you to see this, that he's always willing and ready and available. And he designed it even. But you, don't you see that he hasn't changed, but you have? We interpret 
suffering in the wrong way all the time. Why is God punishing me? What did I do wrong? Why is God unfair? That is not the question Jesus asks. His only question is, do you doubt even now how much I love you? How mighty my arm is for salvation. How unshakable my salvation that I give to you is. The Bible doesn't describe this scene, but it's a part of my freedom to uh, imagine this. I wonder how the walk back to the boat was like. Hand in hand, probably. (laughs) Never letting go again, (laughs) right? How long did it take? Like 30 seconds at most, maybe? But every step, every step, a new mystery, a new mercy, a new encounter. That's what the fourth watch does to your walk with Jesus Christ. It makes it special. So many of us are bored when Jesus walks along our side. How many of us don't even care? So many of us are not entertained by Jesus anymore. But the fourth watch makes you hold hands and savor every walk back. And you need to experience this for Jesus to become your sole focal point. And then when they got back into the boat, it says, the wind ceased. Once you're back, you see mercy. The waves calm, the dark fades away. Satan's howling ceased, the winds stop. And the sun rises because it's always darkest before the sunrise, right? Everything is safe and sound. Why? Because Jesus designed the fourth watch for a purpose. And once it has been accomplished, everything is safe and sound in God's presence. You have that access to him. That's when the Lord permits the sun to rise because he is the maker of the sun. That's when he allows healing to happen in your life because he created your body. And that's where strength and restoration come from. When he permits the fourth watch to finish So hold on. It's almost done. It's almost done. And what is our response when we come across the fourth encounter? The conclusion of today's text, they worshiped. Truly, you are what? A nice friend, a good teacher. Truly, you are what? The son of God. Finally, a crystal clear confession of faith that comes because you know, you know, you know. Finally, you understand who Jesus is. Salvation happens when this confession, it happens simultaneously with it. It happens when you understand through faith the good news that Jesus Christ is your Savior who doesn't merely forgive your sin and then toss you out to live the life that you want, however you want. He continues saving. He continues holding. He will not let go, but he will continue to work until you know and you know and you know Jesus alone is worthy. That must happen. I don't want you to treat Jesus as fire insurance to get out of hell safe card. That is not his purpose. He is meant to be cherished and known and desired to see 
to be seen as he truly is a savior who is all-powerful. And if you had access to that kind of savior, how stupid is it to not rely upon him? The fourth watch merely reveals that to you. I have a question. Why do we not die during our fourth watch? Why don't the waves overturn the boat? How do we still survive right now? How are you still alive after seasons and seasons of fourth watches? Why? Because Jesus died. We experience not death, but we, we see the end of our idols, and the end of our fears, and the end of our options, not physical or spiritual death, because Jesus died, and on the fourth watch, he was resurrected. When he was resurrected at the fourth watch, or as Matthew 28, 1 puts it, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, that's when Jesus rose, to show when humanity was at its weakest, the dark of the night for all humanity, when we had no hope and there's no possible Messiah ever to come again. That's when Jesus rose from the grave. How strong must Satan have appeared at that time? How dark the night! But that's when Jesus overcame death and evil and the sun rose upon an empty grave. Because the fourth watch passed. God's purpose for humanity was fulfilled and it rose upon an empty grave and one day, one day, that hand will reach into your grave and pull you out. Your fourth watch will be overcome when he pulls you out of the grave. And he will have the same question. Do you still doubt that I can do this? That I love you? That I came here to save you? To be your Lord? And this deserves a response. What say you? Do you doubt in him? Or do you know who he is? Praise him, come up. And let's let the people who heard this word ruminate and think about this as we pray. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, many of us are at our wit's end. Many of us are at our strengths and we have run out of options because we fail to make you our only option. We discover our weakness and finally that's why we see how strong you are. We had so many misconceptions of who Jesus is as anything but what he said he was. And we don't take him at face value. Father, I pray, reveal who your son is. Reveal clearly what he came to do. Reveal your strength and your goodness as, your, as our father through the fourth watch. And may it not tarry, may it not last long, may the winds and the waves reside when we discover that Jesus is our Lord. Father, if there is anyone in pain, reach out immediately as soon as they discover that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. May the fourth watch design, accomplish what it was designed to do, to end all these three things and to begin God's end in us, which is his salvation, and the worship of our Lord Jesus Christ, where everyone would confess, truly, truly, Lord, you are the Son of God. And there is no other confession possible because I saw the waves, I saw the wind, 
In fact, I couldn't see anything because of the dark. And we're able to confess truly you are the Son of God. That needs to be our confession as we leave these doors today. Father, please, through the Holy Spirit, imprint this in their hearts that they would truly understand the identity of Jesus Christ and his claims and his gospel and his forgiveness of sin and the salvation that he offers. May we not leave this room until we are reconciled with those facts because, Father, we are placed between a rock and a hard place and we have nowhere to go now. So, Father, come to us even if it terrifies us. And we will know that you are Lord over the waves. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.